0: hey guys this is lisa from nyc Gout out and it is my regular recording session with Lindsay. only this time we have an exclusive from real housewife of salt lake city jen shaw because this was such an exclusive segment we actually ended up talking for three hours Now, I originally uploaded all three hours, but then I was like, okay, who the fuck has the time to sit there and listen to three hours worth of talking, and I decided to cut up the segment into one-hour episodes. So, this is the first part, and just an FYI that the recording will break off suddenly, and in the next part... It will begin suddenly. So, just in a quick explanation, because guys, we were legit talking for three hours straight. But we get into the Monica Garcia of it all.
1: Hey, Lindsay. Lindsay, I can't hear you. Are you there? can you hear me can you hear me me? yeah now i could hear you okay perfect sorry i i still have like the last five minutes going on um but i i think we could just get into it i didn't watch it last night when it was on live um because i was like gathering all this I'm just going to call her Ted Bundy. I was gathering oh. this. yeah. I was gathering all this info about Ted Bundy to do an expose. So I was just like, well, fuck it. Beverly Hills is so boring. I'd rather be doing this. But then um, this morning, after I dropped my little boy off at school, I'm, I'm watching it right now. They're packing up to go to Barcelona. Girl, like this fucking season is boring as hell. I know. Um, but, let's, but let's spend like 10 minutes talking about it. Um, Okay. I'm so sick of Sutton esophagus. I, I feel like they had no storyline. So they built like three episodes around Sutton's freaking esophagus.
2: <sighs>
1: yeah, it's sick name. Literally. What Anne Marie did was wrong. Now, um, I, I think I mentioned this a few times on the podcast. If I if I didn't mention it, m- my my father in law is a pediatrician, and it's like I I remember having a conversation with him, and he said that um, one of the biggest things that patients get upset about, especially like mothers, is that when they bring a child into um, you know, and for a checkup and whatever, they feel like, oh, okay, you know, I just took off from work to come to the doctor's office and, you know, to be told something like, it's a virus, there's nothing I could give you, take some Tylenol and, you know, they get upset about that because it's like, well, I just took off from work just to be told to give my kids some Tylenol and mm-hmm. he said that, you know, you really have to navigate like like obviously you you can't spend like a whole entire hour with a patient but then you don't want to just like come in and you, you know just have like a 5 minute conversation because even though like yes there's a backup in in the waiting room and all this other stuff is still like you know like the parent still wants to feel like me so taking their off money's off. worth exactly the, like yes like, I'm missing save a, a copay book. Exactly, I'm missing a day of work. I, I don't want to just be heard. Oh, it's a virus. Uh, take some Tylenol. There's nothing I could give you. And so he was saying, you know, like, that's why it's important to like, you know, explain like what, what the, uh, like, like, you know, what it is, like, you know, even if it's just a common code to spend at least like 10 minutes explaining a little bit about it. Um, so when I was watching Anne-Marie, I like I kind of remember like having that conversation with with my dad because it's it's like, you know, Anne-Marie has like very bad bedside manners. Right. Like so if you were to like if she was a nurse at any clinic and she was like such a know-it-all, that is like very bad bedside manners because um I remember. I remember my dad saying that, like, the most important thing that, like, even if you could diagnose it as soon as, you know, the the child walks in through the door, you still need to just listen to what, um, like, like, w- obviously it, he's a pediatrician, so it's like it's usually the parent talking, and mm-hmm. um, and he said, you know, it's still like, y- you just have to like listen to what the parent is saying, what the mom's saying, what her concerns are, and stuff like that. And you never want to dismiss the, like, the mother's concerns. Like, you never want to say, like, oh, well, it's just this, you know, it's fine, don't worry about it. Like, you still, like, whatever her concerns are, you still, like, you still want to listen to it. Like, you still... You know, want to hear what whatever the parents' concern is, and I feel like Anne Marie. I I don't know. I don't know if it's just like I hate know-it-alls, and I I feel like I feel like she comes off as a know-it-all. Do, do you feel the same way or no? It's yes. like yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I just I I feel like she has very bad bedside manners, and I feel like she probably at that at some point she probably realized that like what she was saying was wrong but that she went so far with it that there was like no backpedaling and that she just had to keep she had she had to keep pushing I I kind of understand that because um I have I like I understand how how that is because like there's been moments where it's like even if you know that you are wrong, but you feel like you made such a big argument about it that you feel like you just have to keep like defending your position.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good- yeah. <laughs> like she's come too far. She couldn't turn around. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. I, I like do you think Anne Marie is the one and done? I hope so. It feels like
2: the audience isn't really captivated by her Um, she did like her after show confessionals by herself and I don't know I just don't think that the audience is vibing with her I don't know what they have planned for Beverly Hills but I think they're I don't know what their ratings look like have you checked the ratings what do you think the ratings Mm -hmm. look like
1: Uh, No, girl, because they they premiered like right towards the end of Salt Lake City. And I just feel like Salt Lake City is just dominating the headlines and everything. Mm -hmm. Like, girl, Google. Oh, my God. Google. Like, if you type in Salt Lake City, Google even has a banner that will go up and like, (laughs) Receipts. Oh, my goodness. I, I, there's so much to get into um, okay but yeah so like I don't know what the hell's going on over there in Beverly Hills I kind of feel like you know they're like surrounded by celebrities and all these famous people and this is like all they could come up with like what the hell um, and then we see a little bit of Erica like uh, I guess she is getting ready for her Las Vegas residency we also see um, what is it homeless not toothless is that yes. what it's called Okay, so we see that's um, Doriek's event, and in that opening scene with Kyle and Sutton, they were S- Sutton and Amor said, "Well, wait, homeless? Not too-. like they—they they were like kind of like going back and forth <laughs> a little bit." More <laughs> than, and I, I totally get it because it does seem kind of weird. Like, well, don't you want them to like not be homeless before they, <laughs> you know? I know. I think we talked about this a little bit
2: because we were like. <laughs> The thing is, is when you don't have like any teeth, like the it's like actually hard for them to eat, and it's harder to get a job because your appearance, you know, like you don't have your teeth. It is snowing. It's so cold here and snowing. Oh my gosh, is it cold where you're at and snowing?
1: Girl, they finally went back to school. Like my kids have been home for like (gasps) fucking two weeks. I was like, poor thing. Damn school because I am sick of you kids. So. I bet <laughs> <laughs> doing cartwheels and somersaults, like thank
2: God school's back in. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yes. That's so, so funny. I just, have, I just have my little baby girl here, but yeah, but I'm I'm also kind of enjoying the snow a little bit because um, you know, we're going to Louisiana, so it, it doesn't snow down there, and I feel like this is going to be like our last winter for like uh, a couple of years. So yeah. Yeah, so I want to kind of like enjoy the snow. Um, I don't know because I obviously when it's cold out, you really don't want to do anything. So I do remember living in Georgia. It was like much more um, like I definitely had more energy like in Georgia, in Texas, because, you know, it's warmer climate and stuff like that. So
2: really, is that true? You really did have more energy
1: just because of the sun? Come on, G. Yeah. 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 Yeah well i mean like people don't really go outside when it's cold like that they they have a hard time waking up um i have a really hard time waking up in the morning because it's so cold you don't want to get out of bed or this other stuff so mm. it is you know but it's a little bit easy. it's actually a lot easier doing it in um you know like when the weather's warmer like that yeah for sure yeah for sure. So what the hell were we talking about? I forgot. Uh, Salt Lake City oh, dominating homeless. the headlines. Oh yeah. Homeless not toothless. Okay, so yeah. Um Dariq, she she had that event going on and, and then whatever Crystal and um Amory got into it and then it was like it it was so stupid because Crystal said, Oh well, I thought she said she said Um, anesthesiologist, and then she's a nurse, and all this other stuff, and Anne-Marie's saying that, like, she feels like Crystal was her because Crystal wanted to go to medical school, but Rob wanted to get married, and all this other bullshit, and then I think there was, like, some filler scene with Crystal and her brother, I mean, like, girl, were you following along? like, see, this is an episode that I, I know, this is an episode where I would have to watch it, like, five times, because I would have to keep on rewinding, (laughs) but I, like, I I like could not pay attention, oh, and I was just like, no, I am not rewinding this shit. I need to send <laughs> l- the links. That we just uh, recording, but um, do you want to add anything to it? I, I like there's I don't know.
2: Nothing, really. I mean, I felt like I did want to, like, point out that Kyle seemed a little bitchy when she showed up at Sutton's house. Sutton was, like, outside. She seemed sober and alert and, you know, like, normal on a sunny afternoon. She was, like, cutting roses out of her flower bed, and Kyle's like, oh, are you pretending to garden? And Sutton's like, no, like, these are my roses. I, like, talk to my flowers. That's, like, a real thing. You're supposed to talk to your plants, and if you play music for them, they grow bigger and... And, like, she made another snark comment, like, oh, are you just trying to it for the cameras? And Sutton handled it like a, you know, a G. But I felt like Kyle was, like, I was, like, wow, that seems so bitchy. Like, oh, are you guiding for the cameras?
1: <laughs> I don't think Kyle really likes Sutton. And I think it's because, like, now that she's sober, she probably finds, like, Sutton very obnoxious when she's drunk. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because I
2: like, just wanted you know, to say that you know she came there yeah. kind of bitchy already. Like coming at something like damn. I mean in my head I was like damn the lady's just gardening. Like you're like, she literally just you know.
1: I don't know. Do you think? Um, do you think there is like a genuine friendship there? I I don't know if it's just like you know because they're cast members and they're required to film. But like do you actually think there's like a genuine friendship? Um. Uh... I think that when you get
2: sober, you have to change people, places, and things. And, like you said, Sutton, you know, she drinks. And so I'm sure that that's just like a friendship that isn't going to be the same after, you know, she quits drinking like she's not gonna be able to hang out with something like she used to either their relationship will change like i feel <laughs> like if you look at her and teddy's relationship like they used to drink and you would see videos of them together like drunk in the pool or in aspen and now you see them like working out all the time and yet they're at the gym all the time and like you know she kind of file follows kyle's lead so you know what i mean like she's like a health fanatic and so Kyle is now a health fanatic and so they have that in common and I just think that what she had in common with Sutton was probably her sister and drinking and you know going out around Beverly Hills and now that she's not drinking that changes their dynamic
1: yeah girl I can't even believe we spent like 13 minutes talking about this boring (laughs) ass episode anyway
2: (laughs) (laughs) you're like and anyway moving on go on on you got some tea to tell us I do, I do. What? um... You're holding out on us? (laughs) 13 minutes, you made us wait?
1: Tell us everything. Start from the beginning. (laughs) Okay, so a month ago, the week before Christmas, I had wrote a very long letter to Jen Shaw. And before people criticized me and called her a piece of shit and she stole from the elderly and she's an awful person and all this other stuff... I want to say something. I feel like she is being punished. She didn't get away with her crime. She is sitting in jail and she has a five-year prison sentence and she is, you know, she has to pay monetary restitution to her victim. So it's not like she got away with her crime, like she's being punished for it. And like, also, like, look, I, I also want to let people know that I wrote to Britney, John Fuda's ex. So it's like Me not- too. <laughs> <laughs> so I I kind of feel like, you know, like, the, the, like the same. And that was like really weird. For me because I felt like there were people who were very like oh you know uh, justice for Britney and I'm not talking about Britney Spears okay but like they were going like justice for Britney and and Britney needs to have a voice and all this other stuff and it was like some of the same people that were saying that kind of stuff which I would think that they would be more open because here you are saying you know um, Britney John's Buddhist ex deserves to have a voice and everything but then it was like I, like they like they were i guess kind of like hating on jen and but but the thing is like i i i, I don't feel that way like i feel like jen is in prison she's being punished so it's like i'm not going to crucify her like i do you feel differently or i no, i don't know uh, girl
2: i am all about reducing recidivism and if you don't know what that means then you shouldn't be talking about pe- not you but like people yeah. in general, like then you shouldn't even be talking about prison or people because, like I believe in reintegration. I believe in reducing recidivism. I believe that like people deserve a second chance. You can't if you if you can't say like okay she served her time, she took her punishment, she's paid her restitution, let her go on. Like people literally still crucified Teresa Giudice, and I they know. took advantage of places like J P Morgan Chase, like <laughs> billionaires, and people are mad about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and 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 you're right. Genjah is going to pay her restitution. She's giving up six, five and a half years of her life. People don't cannot comprehend what it is like to leave home and not come back for five years, like yes. or six years. Like I left home and didn't come home for three years. Like that is a very long time to leave all of your family, all of your friends you know, to be in a, um, institution when you're told when to eat, you're told when to sleep, like you are not, yeah, you have like some people like, oh, cupcake, no, I mean, you're still like, it's still very much institutional, you know what I mean? Like, and people don't have any regard for inmates or the prison system and the fact that there's an 80, you know, million dollar industry a year. They don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that it's expensive to be in prison. And like, it's
0: Yeah
2: people don't get that so i believe in second chances i really believe in reducing recidivism and i believe that like people deserve a second chance and she's paying her crime and i believe also that it's bullshit that she's the only if everyone is so upset about this case why did not nobody else do a day in jail every single other where's it why isn't anyone else paying restitution (laughs) because you're you're telling me they they broke the law they're willing to testify against her but they don't owe any restitution so basically jen is paying for everyone yeah her restitution Covers everything, she's doing the jail time for everyone as well. Everyone that was involved. And they get to go on about their lives.
1: Yes. So, um, so a week before Christmas, I had written to Jen. I wrote this very long letter. Um, it it was just like, you know, I started watching Salt Lake City, um, and and you know how much I love the show and everything. And then I I basically told her, like, I love coach I'm like you know he's like right. so awesome a girl you know I have a crush on coach oh uh, yeah I, I know <laughs> I know you know <laughs> he's like my favorite he's my favorite house husband so right. I you know I um I wrote about coach I wrote about like everything yeah, and yeah, then I you know. Sorry, um bye. It, it, yeah, girl. It was like a long ass. Like it was like freaking five pages that I hand wrote, and it was. Right. I I said that um I said that I've been to Hawaii before. That, you know, like my husband's in the military and yeah. all this other stuff, and you know whatever. Um, I received something about a week ago, I think. Um, and it was like this very weird email um, but I didn't really want to click on it because it was like um, you, you know it, it, it wasn't a secure email so I have mm-hmm. to e- so on on my um, on my email server I'm on a military base so mm-hmm. uh, so um, I I don't even know if I should be talking about this or not. But anyway, I'm on a military base and like, you know, stuff that goes on has to go through like a encryption service and everything like that, because my my Internet is run through like um like like I'm legit on a fucking military base. So like everything right. is like run through like, you know, but it, it was it like the email wasn't secure. And then mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if I, uh, you know, should open it or not. And then, like, I decided to open. Uh, like, I actually went, girl. I went to like the fucking public library. I like, I left the gate. I love you. Oh my. God, <laughs> yeah, I was I- so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Lisa. Yes, I know. Jesus. I left, I'm sorry. I, left, <laughs> I I left the post. I left the post. I drove off. I, yeah, I drove <gasps> off post, and I went to the public library, and you I logged on to my. E- well, just because well, i don't know i mean like girl because like um i know, I know one time it's like just cute it's so i know cute. but like one time you no know, cuz like one time my husband when he was deployed i was getting uh these messages in my facebook and it was stuff like um I, I, it was like people from my iraq and they were like you know can you please help me and all this other stuff and it it, it was like it, it was so crazy and it's really hard because um my my husband's an officer so it, it was like I, I i didn't know if like they were reaching out to me because my husband was an officer or because like mm-hmm. what the hell it was but anyway so um so i drove off base i went to the public library i log on to my freaking gmail account and it was but but then it asked me like uh like it, it says something like, you know, do, do you accept and, and whatever, and all this other stuff. And look, but then I, I got no message though. <laughs> like it was just asking me if I would accept and, and all this other stuff. So once you do all that though, um, you, you know, then you could get a message. Um, so anyway, so I did get a correspondence from Jen Shaw. And mm-hmm. oh, so we're not going to talk about any of the legal stuff because, sh- you know, first of all, I wouldn't understand it anyway. And second mm-hmm. of all, you know, like that's like if, if when she comes out of prison if she wants to like tell that story or or whatever if she wants to like you know i don't know have like a netflix documentary or something right. like you know that's that's for her to do and everything and look i i still feel like you can fuck up and still be a good person like i don't sure. understand why like i i have a really hard time understanding why we are forgiving of some people, but not others, even though the crimes are very similar. And when I think of it, I think of somebody like Anna Sorokin. She was like this um, white girl from like, I don't know, Russia or something. And then she moved to Germany with her family. And then she, like, got into, like, some fashion magazine in Paris. And somehow she ended up in New York. And she, like, was going around pretending to be, like, an heiress. And she scammed I a whole bunch of people. Yeah, yeah, so it's like... But she is now, like, a celebrity, right? Every, and, like, she's like, oh, my God. She's, you know, on this and that and whatever. And it's kind of like... Even with, like, the whole John Gotti area, everybody, like, really... Like you know, they were really building up John Gotti, even though he is like a freaking criminal. Oh. Yeah, like they, like you know, he would, know, like he would like kill people and sh- stuff their bodies in like the trunk. But it, mm-hmm. it was like, but he was considered like a celebrity, and it's like, oh my God, he's a family man. He did so much for like the Howard Beach neighborhood and all this other stuff. And it's like, but I kind of feel like you can do bad things but not be, like, a fucked up, I, I don't know, because I don't want people to, like, freaking crucify me, but, like, do you understand what I'm trying to say or okay, no?
2: like, yeah, and here's the thing, what people have to understand, our law is so, like, they, there's a documentary on Netflix, it was um on the actual Rick Ross, and it, like, basically said the average person commits three felonies a day, and they don't even know it, right? Yes, so, right. Like, my, my grandma, you know, my aunt picks up my grandma's Prescription of Vicodin, and she doesn't want to leave the whole thing here. And she puts some in a baggie, and she's driving in her car with these Vicodin. And I'm like, but telling my aunt, I'm like that's illegal. If you get pulled over and you just have Vicodin in a bag, but what do you think? Like you can't just drive. She's like, well, I would just say, you know, like uh, these. Are like, no, you don't understand, like for some people that works and for some people it doesn't but like people commit crimes like technically all the time and you don't even know it so it's like you can't have you never you can never say you never broke like even if you didn't have the intention of breaking the law you were still breaking the law my aunt was breaking the law even though she like is this god-fearing good church lady you know what i'm saying like
0: yeah yeah
2: so you can't. You cannot judge people. You have to give people a second chance, and, and
1: you know. And I also, and I also feel like Jen never got to tell her side of the story. Like, yes, she pled guilty, and I think a lot of people feel like, oh my gosh, she pled guilty. So, it, but there's so much more layers to exactly. it. Exactly, and it's I like yes, that. she. Yeah. So yes, she pled guilty and she's taking responsibility she she's taking responsibility for like 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 she's taking responsibility for her part and and you know what she's acknowledging but um like what she pled to it was something that was crafted up to like you know what was satisfactory um between her and the prosecution and, and and all this other stuff and like you, you know it this was like the best outcome because like even they when they were preparing to go to trial it was a, it was so expensive it was so much money um her mom like cashed out her retirement fund to like help her like it, even like just getting transcript it was like two thousand dollars a day a day just yeah. to get court transcripts and it was like it, it was so much money um so this was like the best outcome and but mm-hmm. but also like you know she's not saying that. Like, like she's not trying to walk back or bet or, or backpedal that, like you know, right. whatever. But right. what she's saying, but what, but what, what she is saying is that there is a lot of layers to it. It's not just oh my god Jen Shaw pled guilty like there is yeah, it was
2: a plea deal and what happens is a plea deal you don't have an option of pleading no contest you plead guilty because that gives the prosecutor a higher conviction rate that's why you see prosecutors with 98% conviction rate. Yes. they go in and they do a plea deal and so you have to plead guilty because they want their conviction you know and yes. so you are left with a guilty plea that's just how the court system works If you and if you are a law abiding person who's never dealt with anyone in the in in the system you're not going to know this stuff that's how my family was like they wanted you know to call the grand jury and talk to them i'm like they you, you know what do you know the grand jury like they indict you you can't just call and talk to them
1: what do you mean yes <laughs> like, and it was it, it was a lot and and also you know because they live in utah they but but they were the trial work. and and in new york they were being prosecuted in New York Um, so it was like you know hotel stays and, and all that Ooh. other stuff and but here was the thing like you know if she was destituted though the state of New York would have given her like a free <laughs> lawyer and all this other stuff but you know she she wasn't destituted a so, yeah a public yeah. defender and she could um, have sat in jail for her public defender She wanted to I, know.
0: So I know county, I know the
1: county is way
2: different than the prison too way 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 yes. way way different
1: um but so so it was really expensive it was like ch- they they were like it was like $2000 a day just to get court transcript just just the transcript alone and um but you you know and and again she's not like she's not she, like like she's not trying to like walk back any responsibility or anything she, like you know she she she's taking accountability for whatever but, um, you, you know, there's just so much more to the story because it's not just as cut and dry as, you know, she pled guilty and, and all this other stuff. Like y- there there is more to the story. There's more layers to it. And she really did not get to say her side of the story because during the plea, she um, she had to plead. When she was pleading, she basically had to plead to um, the charge of conspiracy to commit whatever and um during sentencing she was allowed to speak and you know she had to take responsibility for what um like like she had to take responsibility for, for what she felt you know was um her role in it but it it is so much more it is it, it's just it's so much more um anyway so we're not going to talk about any of that because like Honestly, like, I don't really care about the legal stuff to you. Like, I'm more into, like,
0: the tea stuff.
1: Yeah,
2: absolutely. <laughs> I think we all are. I think, unfortunately, because Monica, people want to like Monica, but, like, at the same oh, time, go, I think there Girl,
1: I have so, yeah, we're going to
2: talk, because, girl,
1: we're going to talk okay. so much about Monica. Yes, we're going to talk so like, much.
2: I think, though, primarily people look at her sideways because of her involvement. You know what I'm saying? Like, people are like, I want, I mean, other people think that, too. They're like, I want to like her, but like, yeah, people a little crazy that goes to the, and says I have information
1: on a federal ca-. like. The, no oh, girl, there's so much. Okay, so like, you know, whatever. We're not we're not going to get into the legal stuff because look, I mean, I personally feel like the smart thing for for a coach and Jen to do would be like when she comes out of prison to like freaking write a memoir or and and sell that shit to like Netflix or something. You know, like, <laughs> 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 but, um. Okay, so, Monica. First of all, M- Monica met Jen in 2020. Like, I don't know. She was like... I I got this feeling that, like, Monica was, like, trying to pretend like she knew Jen Shaw like that. And she did not know Jen Shaw like that. They were not, like, buddy-buddy. She was, like, not in her inner circle like that. And so, she actually... They started filming in 2019. So what happened was that Lisa Barlow, um, she was trying to gather up like all of these women to like do a show about business women in Salt Lake City. And there was a production company that she was working with. Her and Meredith was working with this production company. It was not Shed Media. It's not mm-hmm. Shed Media. It was just like a production company that um, her and... Meredith they were trying to I guess pitch a show about like business women in Salt Lake City and then Meredith and Lisa they also like knew Heather because like the three of them they have like for a few years they've been doing uh, like events together uh, with like the Sundance Festival and all that Mm -hmm. other stuff and yeah because Heather also like tries to like promote her beauty lab and, and stuff like that so they, they knew of each other and then Jen she actually was a customer like a really big customer of beauty lab so when all of this was going down and like they were uh, I guess like filming a pilot to try to pitch to networks to for their mm-hmm. show they, um, they were like interviewing a lot of people and then, you know, like Heather actually recommended Whitney and then Lisa got like upset with Heather because Lisa felt like this was kind of like her baby, like her project. And she felt like Heather had overstepped by um, recommending Whitney, because it was like Whitney really didn't have a business. She really wasn't doing anything. What about and it... her? Her
2: hair, like, didn't she acted like when she came on the show that she had an established like, um, like, uh, like health and beauty line? Like that, she she showed pictures of her skin, like she had acne, and that she had created this.
1: No, line no no oh there's so much girl i don't even know if you have like time. we're probably going to be talking for 10 hours but anyway um so <laughs> but it means n- is that not true because i want to g- i mean i'm just i'm just making no that <laughs> no no that is not so she came up with that afterwards <gasps> okay. yes yes so um okay so this was like lisa barlow's like baby because she was like one she's like she was the one that was basically pitching yeah she was she was the one that was like basically pitching this show and it was not supposed to be a housewife show it was like people think that like this was just another franchise that Bravo wanted to branch out on, and that was not how it happened. Bravo mm-hmm. had nothing to do with this because like why the fuck would Bravo even go to Utah? You know yes, what I mean?
2: I'm the same exact thing. I think I even tweeted like why? Who, how are we trying to find out? Because like Mary said something about the racist rhetoric with like the uh, church or whatever, and people uh, were like you know talking yeah. about it, sharing about it online.
1: But um, so, yeah, this was not something that was Bravo's doing. It was not like Bravo was like, you know, trying to find another city to like launch another Housewife franchise. This was something that Lisa Barlow wanted to do. um, And but she was targeting it towards... Businesswomen in Salt Lake City. Her and Meredith, they are—they were very close. I mean, they're probably not anymore, but they—they they were very close, and that they were doing that together. And then they had recommended Heather. Heather recommended Whitney. Lisa started feeling a certain way because Lisa felt like this was her project, and she felt kind of like Heather stepped out of bounds by like recommending Whitney, and also because like Whitney was young, and she really did not. She like. She was not a businesswoman, like at, at right. least like not how how Lisa would have considered her to be a right. businesswoman. So, um so that is like why you know I guess like Lisa always like felt a certain way between like bad Twente weather Heather first, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> bad weather, right? Because that's their
2: name. yeah, and because if you remember, she called, she said she only knew he- she knew Heather from college or whatever, and she was a good time girl yeah so she was like oh my god you got me again i'm like damn that's not that bad i feel like you goes to my way worse than a good side girl what that? i'd be happy I'd be like yeah that's me yeah
1: so that is yeah so that is that kind of like um that is kind of like that behind the scenes immosity between mm-hmm. the two hold on girl i'm gonna put like the disney channel on for like my little baby because she just woke up oh I, little, little baby i know she's six she she doesn't feel good. She has a, a like, yeah. It's just it's a winter is so miserable.
2: <laughs> I know, I know. My baby was sick like the first year, like when she started daycare. She was sick for like, oh my god, six months. I saw every two weeks we at the doctor. Six months, like where was? Oh, well, that, yeah, that's yeah.
1: Well, that's a strong She's immune a system. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
2: now she never ever gets, like... I go to Dakin and they're like, oh, croup was going around and something else. And my baby's, like, fine. I'm like, oh, she's good. We're great. Like, yeah. Yeah, hand, foot, and mouth. We've done it all. Oh,
1: jeez. So yeah, she had that, too. Um, yeah. But anyway, what the hell was... What what the hell were we talking about? Lisa um, Barlow. We were talking
2: about Lisa saying that, have a, that Whitney is not a businesswoman.
1: Okay. Yeah, so she, she didn't have anything going on for her. When they were filming the pilot... When they were filming the pilot, she really didn't have anything. I don't know if like she was maybe trying to launch something, maybe if she saw that as like a stepping stone to launch something. But she really didn't have anything going on. And then um, they filmed a pilot to like shop around to networks, and so they had um, they had talked and did interviews with like that production company in like May and then i think they filmed in june and when they finished filming the pilot the production company actually edited out whitney (laughs) and (laughs) yes but i but that part i actually already knew because um heather had written something about that heather had like um, in Heather's book Bad Mormon Heather actually wrote something like that that Whitney was edited out and and like I couldn't really understand like because she didn't go like deep into it she like had like maybe one page where she talked about you know being cast on. Salt Lake City. And it was like, I didn't really understand. Like, well, why would they edit her out and then bring her back in? You know, like that, that didn't really make sense. Cause I, if you read Heather's book, she makes it seem like that Bravo, like the Bravo production company, like Shed Media, had edited with, had edited out. Hold on, though. You're fine. Uh, she made it, she made it seem like in in Heather's book, bad mormon she made it seem like that um that like shed media or the bravo people had edited whitney out from the pilot but that wasn't what happened it was Whitney was edited out from like that first original production company that was shopping around um the pilot well anyway Mm. so then in july In July, like, Bravo, that's when they have, like, I guess it would be called, like, open cast... Not open casting, but, like, in July, they have something where it's, like, um, you know, like, kind of open pitch. And Mm -hmm. it's, like, where all these production companies from, like, all over the country, all over the world, that they would come to Bravo and pitch their product... Or not product, Mm. pitch their show. So, in July... um, they pitched the show to like a couple of different networks, and they also pitched it to Bravo, and Bravo accepted it. But when Bravo accepted it, they didn't want to go with like a you know um, businesswoman in 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 Salt Lake City. They didn't want to go with that angle. And instead, when they bought the rights to it, they bought the rights to it to like you know. Owned the format, but they revamped the format into like another housewife franchise. So, Mm. are you are you following so far? Okay. So they they bought it. So Bravo bought the um, Bravo bought the right Bravo bought the rights to the format, and then they um, they changed it to like you know one one of the housewife franchises, and it was like you know they re-ramped it to like the real housewives of salt lake city now when all of that was going on um they start like they let them know that like you know bravo uh bought the show and this is what it's going to be they started like interviewing um around the local area and they were like they were asking like you know for recommendations for like other housewives and whatever and Jen was actually recommended by Heather also because she was, Jen was actually like a really good, like she was a big customer at beauty lab. So she was a really big customer. Yeah. She was a really big customer at beauty lab. And um, so when the, like, I guess when shed media or Bravo, whoever, when they were like asking, the girls, like, okay, do you guys have any like recommendations for like the housewives? Now, at this point, they already knew that it was going to be the real housewife of Salt Lake City. So, that whole businesswoman angle that was already dropped. And this was like the new format because Bravo had already bought the rights at that time. And, um, and, and Heather recommended Jen. And Jen wasn't sure that she wanted to do it because like she didn't want like, like she would have been okay if it was about like business women in Salt Lake City, but she didn't want it to be like a housewife show. Cause like, she knew that like, you know, like the real housewives, whatever, like it, it was mm-hmm. like, it's something where you had to be messy, right? Because like nobody, right. like that's basically what the format of the housewife franchise is built on. It's built on being dramatic, theatrical, and really messy. So, um, so, so when she was, like you know, when she realized that it was going to be like the Real Housewife, it was going to par- be part of the Real Housewife franchise. She wasn't sure, but then it was like you know the opportunity was really good. So of course, you know she agreed, and then she was cast and all this other stuff. Um, but so so Jen had a assistant Marillo who was like uh, he he's like considered a family friend but how they actually met was that Marillo was an employee of Heather's and mm-hmm. he actually worked at Beauty Lab but then they had like i I don't know what happened with Heather but um so Marillo they he, he was an employee there and then there was something that happened between them tips. and then he ha- it
2: was tips tips or like they weren't I think that Heather didn't allow them to get tipped because at some like some places like um okay like Jen Jennifer Aiden's husband has been um like persecuted for this like they'll allow the estheticians or whoever does like the Botox and the injections to get tips yeah. because it's almost like getting your hair cut you know if you yes. have a specific yes. woman that you like that does your Botox and you tip them but in a lot of places it's because it's like considered a medical you know facility yes. they don't allow tips and Beauty Lab didn't allow tips and he and allegedly I heard that like she was tipping him privately like through Cash App or Cash or whatever and Heather found out and that's why she fired him. But also like you could be like he could have been like giving her a deal like I'm going to give you Botox I'm going to give you extra units of Botox if you are going to tip me. I'll cut you a bigger deal. You know what I mean? Because it's yeah. hard to like measure unit per unit per unit. I think that's kind of why they do that too. You know?
1: Um. Well, well I, I don't know about all of that but <laughs> but um it, so Marilla was working as an employee at Beauty Lab and um but he actually like he got his ankle sprained or something like that and he went from being an employee at Beauty Lab to being like a personal assistant of Heather's and they were very close at like at one point they were like even besties and whatever but then Heather once she started getting like once she was cast and once like you know they knew that the show was in full production um, like she kind of like iced him out for whatever reason I don't know why but um him and Jen started being close and maybe there was like some sort of jealousy there where it felt like oh you're taking you know my like my form- former employee or former friend i mean i i don't i don't fucking know but like it is it, you know it was like whatever it was kind of like weird between her and heather because like like yes of course the two of them knew each other but it was never like her and heather were never friends like that but they did get like close like during filming I guess like they, they got close and like they knew of each other and whatever but Salt Lake City and I keep forgetting this Salt Lake City is not very big like I mm-hmm. I always I, I, I don't know if it's just because I'm from New York City but I always think like w- every single city is like I, I have that mindset that whenever I think of any city I always think of it as like New York City and like I, I keep forgetting that like no Salt Lake City is like really small <laughs> and so um, so it was like you know everybody like everybody knows everybody and then you know of course when you have such a small community like that there's just like so much rumors going around and stuff like that and um, so like wh- whatever reason was for the falling out between Heather and Murillo, he he went from like working as an employee at Beauty Lab to kind of like being Heather's personal assistant. But then she kind of like iced him out. And once they started filming, um, he like completely kind of just like was left in the dark. But like he also like that was like his livelihood, right? Like he he's just like a working person. And it was like he knew Jen and Jen kind of bought him on to her team not her team as like okay so like that whole assistant thing like uh, okay we're gonna go into that like on the show it like the the production editing people they kept on saying like oh you know jen shaw assistant number one assistant number two assistant number three assistant number Mm -hmm. four but it was because her field producer was saying like they like they were building it up like and see these fucking producers are so messy like that but like her field producer was saying to her like oh you you know let's like you know like uh we, we want we want to present you as like this really successful woman we want you to have like all these assistants all these mm-hmm. other stuff so like everybody was her assistant the fucking lady that like does her hair was considered an assistant That's and it her, yeah. yeah so but it was because they were telling her like you know we're, we're just going to call them assistants and like so they were basically like putting a narrative out for her like it wasn't her like it wasn't her story it was in her narrative but that was like that was like what production was trying to do like say oh this person's your assistant that person's your assistant like everybody was her assistant like the fucking mailman was her assistant you know what i'm Mm -hmm. saying like Mm -hmm. so um but like they weren't actually like an assistant assistant so so when um marilla when she found out that marilla didn't have like any work any anything because like that was like you know that that was like how he was earning a paycheck was he was he was working for Heather and then like for whatever reason she wasn't giving him work and you know he didn't have any any work but like she had known him from beauty lab and they had a good relationship they always got along really well and so when she found that out like you know she offered him to be her personal assistant and like that was really like marilla was only marilla was the only one that was like actually her like actual assistant like everybody else like they you know like the network or not the network but every everybody else like the production company which like they were just calling them assistants but they weren't her assistants like marilla was like the only one that was actually like her actual assistant and he was like a personal assistant and she was trying to help him out because like the guy had like no paycheck like heather just kind of like you know like let him hang and dropped him exactly and then um what happened was that um so when when you get cast onto these shows the production people they tell you give us a name give us a list of names that you want um people filming with you like your family your friends your fucking mailman your milkman whoever and so she like uh put like she did her like her team names and all that other stuff they're all called teams so it's like you know Heather has a team and and whatever and all this other stuff and it's not a team like that people working for you but like your team could be like your mom you know Mm -hmm. and which we're going to get into monica um and her team but so like they would they would ask like the production people would ask you like you know give us a list of like um who your team are and like on that list it could be like you know your your grandma your sister your milkman whoever like people that are going to film with you because they have to sign those releases so that is like your team and so um when when all that happened with Marillo, and he had no job and he was like, you know, not getting a paycheck or anything, you know, Jen, she said, well, you, you know, like, do you, do you want to be like my personal assistant or whatever? And she, she was basically like doing it because like she did have a good relationship with him from beauty lab and she felt bad for him. And th- uh, so he said, yes. And then she put him on her team. Um, for, for like filming and stuff but I don't know if maybe like Heather felt butthurt maybe she felt betrayed or whatever the fuck maybe she felt like you know like why would you like steal one of my employees I, I mean he wouldn't even be considered an employee because she dropped him right. <laughs> Like she dropped him but right. um, so it, it, maybe it's like one of those like you know territorial scenario where it's like oh you know that was my person first or something like mm-hmm. that but, you know, Heather was feeling whatever way she was feeling. And then there, there was always, like, this hidden animosity or, like, this hidden behind the scenes where you are, like, being phony to me. Like, when we're filming, you're acting like you're my friend and all this other stuff. But were you really my friend? Because it, it like, y- you know, did you have this built up of am- animosity? And, like, Jen never knew you know if if that was like how heather felt or or whatever because like heather always made it seem as if you know like i'm just dropping i'm just dropping this guy like he's not you you, you know like if you if you fire someone another company would be able to take that person right it's not like they're going behind your back so anyway so like that probably has a lot to do with like whatever weird way that heather feels about jen um like the whole monica thing monica met monica met um jen in 2020 they had already wrapped up filming of season one and then i couldn't um i couldn't remember what it was because i had like i had started like recording at like um I have started recording like my freaking monica crazy ass ted bundy expose at like two in the morning and i like i kept on saying angie's list because that's what i thought oh, it was man. yeah mm-hmm. but i i went back i went back to read my email and it was not angie's list it's it's called Thumbtack. have you ever heard mm-hmm. of it
2: no uh, but i've heard of angie's list but i never heard of
1: thumbtack okay well you know what angie's list is then right
2: mm-hmm yeah. Okay,
1: so, okay, so in Utah, there is a company and it's called Thumbtax, Dumbtax.com, and it's basically just like Angie's List, you know, where, like, you could hire handyman, you could hire, like, contractors, right. and, like, you know, people could, like, Ranger, bid on, yeah, 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 and people could, like, bid on, like, work orders that, like, you put out, so again, like, Angie's List, but I... I think in my recording, I kept on calling it Angie's List, but it, the, the, the the website is called Thumbtacks, though. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, so Monica was... Um, her husband, Mike Flower. Fl- no, I keep on calling him Flower. It's Fowler. Fowler. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, her husband, Mike Fowler, he, he had... Um, I don't know if he does this on the side or if it's like his actual full-time gig, but a coach had put out a bid on um, thumbtacks and he was looking for some handiwork to be done in the home. And, you know, Mike had bid on it and and uh again like angie's List, you know like contractors and handymans they just bid on it and then like whoever like the person that posted the the work order they they would choose like somebody to go with and whatever so coach chose mike um and, and like to do like some some handy work around the home and stuff and a girl the first day that mike showed up to do work at the home Monica came tagging along. Mm-hmm. That's insane. <laughs> and, like, is that not so fucking cringe? That's like, insane. Like, who the hell? Like, what contractor brings his wife with him? That like,. Is insane. <laughs> that's insane
2: I mean normally they would be like oh my wife's a really big fan you know like before you would bring her to the house like you know what I'm saying like the first time going there like
1: okay so I I want to put a I want to put a little pin on that um have you watched any of the reunion episodes or Mm -hmm. no okay you you know she said that she said that she didn't know that Jen was on the real housewife of Salt Lake City that is a lie because she did not meet Jen until 2020 and they have filmed um they have filmed Salt Lake City like the first season of Salt Lake City they filmed mm-hmm. it in 2019 and she didn't even meet Jen in, until 2020. She knew who Jen was like she absolutely mm-hmm. knew who Jen Shaw was so mm-hmm. um anyway so she came she came with her husband Mike, and you know like that was how they met and for her to say that like she didn't know who Jen was that was complete bullshit because when she came she even was like kind of fangirling Jen like you know so her saying no I don't think I knew well we were friends before that that was like complete BS because she she went there with Mike wanting to meet Jen and so um you know so like she she that was how she met and all that other stuff so they met because of that and then you know like um they had exchanged numbers and stuff and but it was a very casual relationship and monica was the one that would be like texting jen like she would be like like they had exchanged numbers but it was just like casual it was just like oh okay you know like uh it, it, if we if we ever need any more services from you or whatever, you know, like what? And obviously, they had their phone numbers, and mm-hmm. she would like be texting Jen like, oh, you know, this and that and whatever. And it was like a casual relationship, a casual acquaintances, but she would then like start like, kind of like inviting herself or like inviting Jen or like whatever to like hang out and like she does not so monica lives very far so jen um you know whatever like she was renting that like beautiful um charlotte charlotte yes. how do you pronounce yes. it yes.
2: charlotte yeah i think yeah <laughs> like, however she said it the shaw <laughs> something i know yeah i know what you mean mm-hmm. and like Shats so out.
1: she yeah like she was she was um she, so like she was renting that from a company out in texas because like whatever like the the producers they were always telling her like well we you like we want to go like you know we want to go big we we want to go whatever you know like all this other stuff so she always felt like she had to you know like really just blow everything up like you know big humongous house and all this other stuff and so like that was why they rented um, that like it was a company out in Texas that they actually rented that house from and so they were renting that house and everything but Monica so all the ladies like off all of the filming and all of like their events and, and whatever else like even though it's called Salt Lake City they're actually in this town called park city and and monica she did not live anywhere near park city so she would like freaking drive all the way out to park city and like you know she would like go to dinner with them or like go to um you know go for drinks and stuff like that and all this other stuff and she was really like trying to be like jen's best friend like it fucking reminds me of Single White Female. You ever see that yeah. movie? Like, it's so yeah. fucking crazy. But, so that was how it started. It started because she tagged along because she was a fucking crazy ass psycho and she tacked along to go meet Jen through her husband, Mike, and, like, that was like how she met her and then once she met her she actually started text messaging jen like hey jen you know this is monica and blah 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 and you know jen she was just like oh hey girl you know like Mm -hmm. um yeah like of course whatever blah 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 and but she was the one that initiated it she was the Mm -hmm. one who like you know, I don't know, probably grabbed her husband's fucking cell phone and was like, let, let, let me have her number or something. And and because Mike had their number. You understand what I'm saying? Monica yeah. didn't have her. Yeah, so Mike had their numbers because Mike was the one that was doing the work for them. But, you know, her cycle ass was like when Mike went to sleep or some shit, her cycle ass probably like was going through his cell phone trying to look up Coach's number and Jen's number mm-hmm. and whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. But um, so she so she was the one that initiated it. She was the one that like had contacted Jen and was like, Oh, hey, uh, this is Monica. We met the other day, all this other stuff, and blah, 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 blah. So it was like, you know, and Jen, she she does seem like a very friendly person. Like even watching her from like the even watching her from the show, she seems like somebody who is always like, you know. Um, if, if she sees you like just dancing by yourself in a corner, she's like, mm-hmm. I feel like she's like the type of person that'll be like, hey, you wanna, you know, when you wanna sit with our group and stuff right. like that. So, so like whatever, you know, like Monica, she had like.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave a review. You can listen to NYC Gal Out on Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, we're going to get into it.